Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. SIMULTV.com. Right. SIMULTV.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SIMULTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SIMULTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is wartime coincidences. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us have claimed to have any expertise on any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research in the Psychic Insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. 
The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize, and neither of us have any particular knowledge of history. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. Looking into coincidences, the stranger ones seem to be associated with events in wartime. Neither of us like the idea of discussing individuals like Hitler, but as he was involved in two world wars, so his name is sure to come up. Possibly attention to the millions of deaths due to Hitler or Stalin in the past take focus away from the plight of the poor at the present. Currently, the ongoing death toll from hunger or hunger-related illnesses is estimated at 9 million per year, but there isn't a military dictator to blame. Let's move on to a definition for the word coincidence. The following is from the Cambridge Dictionary website, quote, an occasion when two or more things happen at the same time, especially in a way that is unexpected or unlikely, or the unlikely factor of such things happening at the same time, unquote. When you think about the statistics of coincidences, maybe coincidences are to be expected, which rather takes away from their significance. The following is from Wikipedia, and I quote, From a statistical perspective, coincidences are inevitable and often less remarkable than they may appear intuitively. An example is the birthday problem, which shows that the probability of two persons having the same birthday already exceeds 50% in a group of only 23 persons, end quote. The same article talks about synchronicity. Let's look at synchronicity as defined by the by analytical psychologist Carol Jung. The following is the following from the Life Science website outlines how Jung arrived at synchronicity. Quote, Jung became convinced that everything in the universe is intimately connected and that suggested to him that there must exist a collective unconscious of humankind. This implied to him that events happening all over the world at the same time must be connected in some unknown way. Unquote. That all implies that there aren't many pure or random coincidences. So why don't you move on to the first coincidence? Actually, it was going to be a series of coincidences about Adolf Hitler and Napoleon Bonaparte claimed on multiple websites for similar events in their lives, always occurring 129 years apart. After some fact-checking, the timelines didn't seem to pan out, but their unsuccessful campaigns against Russia were similar that both operations involved overstretched supply lines and didn't take into account the severe climate, climatic conditions that came with the Russian winter. But that isn't surprising from the geography. You would have thought that Hitler would have learned from Napoleon, including how to avoid defeat in the end. But the message is that you have to be careful with coincidences that are claimed as being true. But what is the first coincidence that appears to be credible? It's Franz Vienna, the capital of Austria. Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin, his archenemy during World War II, were in Vienna in 1913. 
Stalin visited for a month, meeting Leon Trotsky and writing a series of magazine articles named Marxism and the National Question with Nikolai Bukharin. Bukharin was a Soviet revolutionary and author, later executed by Stalin in 1938. Can you say more about Joseph Stalin? The History Channel provides a bio as follows, quote, Joseph Stalin, 1878 to 1953, was the dictator of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics from 1929 to 1953. Under Stalin, the Soviet Union was transformed from a peasant society into an industrial and military superpower. The article continues. Stalin aligned with the United States and Britain in World War II, 1939 to 1945, but afterward engaged in an increasingly tense relationship with the West, known as the Cold War, 1946 to 1991, unquote. As the leader of the Soviet Union, Stalin was apparently responsible for six to nine million civilian deaths, compared with 11 to 12 million attributed to Hitler. So besides being a mass murderer, Stalin was a communist who helped defeat mass murderer Hitler. Is it known if Hitler and Stalin actually met at the time? They may or may not have, but apparently they frequented the Café Central in Vienna. According to Wikipedia, the café opened in 1876 and became a key meeting place for intellectuals, including Sigmund Freud. Patrons also included Joseph Tito, Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler and Leon Trotsky. Apparently, Hitler and Trotsky were regulars at the café. I think that most people may have heard of Sigmund Freud, who founded psychoanalysis for the treatment of mental illness and for a better understanding of human behavior. But who are Joseph Tito and Leon Trotsky? Tito was the communist dictator of Yugoslavia until 1980. This followed leading the partisans against the German occupation of his home country during World War II. So he was another archenemy of Hitler. Trotsky was an intellectual born in the Ukraine who was instrumental in the revolutionary working class takeover of the Soviet Union. So there were three future World War II leaders visiting the same cafe at the same time. Two were communists and enemies of the third who was a fascist. The two communists were going to end up on the winning side. There were two other future enemies, Stalin and Trotsky. Stalin banished Trotsky from the Soviet Union in 1929. In his absence, Trotsky was convicted of treason to be later assassinated when living in Mexico in 1940. Those are a lot of coincidences, or perhaps synchronicity was occurring. What coincidences were there after 1913? Soon after, the domino effect that initiated World War I commenced with the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria on the 28th of June 1914 in the city of Sarajevo. Sarajevo was later become part of Yugoslavia, a socialist federal republic made up of Balkan states as a result of World War I. While the Archduke was with his wife, Sophie, Sophie passengers in a 1910 Graf and Stift chauffeured open-top limousine, they were both shot and killed by assassin Gavrilo Princip. The following is a part of an article from the Smithsonian website the Brian Preston mentioned in the quote is a British historian who visited the military museum in Vienna in 2004 and noticed something about the number on the license plate. Uh, the number is AIII118. 
I'll quote from the article. That number, Preslin pointed out, is capable of a quite astonishing interpretation. It can be taken to read A for Armistice, 11-11-18, which means that the death car has always carried with it a prediction, not only of the dreadful day of Sarajevo, that in real sense marked the beginning of the First World War, but on November the 11th, 1918, Armistice Day, the day that the war ended, unquote. Evident from photographs taken at the time, the license plate had not been altered. Elsewhere in the article, the license plate is mentioned as being just one of two coincidences. What was other coincidence? The other coincidence was how the assassination actually occurred. Earlier in the day, a hand-thrown bomb had bounced off the folded roof of the Archduke's convertible and exploded under the car behind him which was part of his motorcade, injuring several members of the visiting group. Later, the Archduke decided to visit the injured in hospital. The article continues, quote, It was Franz Ferdinand's impulsive decision later in the day to visit them there, a decision none of his assassins could have predicted, that took him directly past the spot where his assassin, Gavrilo Princip, was standing. It was chauffeur Leopold Leuke's unfamiliarity with the new route that led him to take a wrong turn and, confused, pulled to a halt just six feet from the gunman, unquote. So the limo just pulled up and stopped right in front of the assassin? Yes, six feet or about two metres, uh, very close range. The gunman couldn't throw a bomb. He was too hemmed in by the crowd. He took out his pistol, failed to aim it, shot two bullets, but fatally wounded Franz Ferdinand and his wife Sophie. His chauffeur and the other drivers in the motorcade were supposed to have, take, uh, to have been ordered to take a different, less dangerous route to the hospital. But apparently that order wasn't passed on to them. But I think we're going to have to continue after the break. Yes, we'll continue after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. skeptic or a believer join me rob mcconnell as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the exxon radio tv show on xzbn and the exxon tv channel on simul tv since 1990 the exxon radio tv show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard together we'll investigate ufos aliens ghosts bigfoot psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, 
and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. The new non-fiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were talking about the unfortunate incident of the limo carrying Franz Fernahan and his wife, Sophie, being assassinated. It sounds almost as if the assassination is going to happen on that day, and there wasn't much anyone could do about it. But what is the next coincidence? It occurred as a result of World War One, which commenced on July the 28th, 1914, following the assassination of the Archduke on June the 28th. Perhaps the dates are a small coincidence. The coincidence is included in the London Telegraph Daily Telegraph article from August, August 2014, 100 years after the war started. Quote, sitting opposite each other in the St. Symphorium Military Cemetery just southeast of Mons in Belgium are the gravestones of the first and last British soldiers to be killed in the First World War. The proximity of the graves of Private John Parr, killed 17 days after Britain declared war, and Private George Ellison, who died 90 minutes before the armistice, is said to be a coincidence, a consequence of the fact that Mons was lost to the Germans at the opening of the war and regained at the very end, unquote. There appears to be no evidence that the location of the graves was anything but random. What is the next coincidence? Actually, it's a series of coincidences surrounding the date of November the 9th. November the 9th, sorry. Here is a quote from the Grunge website. Quote, it started in 1848 with the execution of Robert Blum. 
You might not know the name, but he was a crusader for establishing democracy throughout the German-speaking world. Fast forward a bit to November the 9th, 1918, and Germany's first democracy, the Weimar Republic, was established. Fine, fine, two events don't make a pattern. On November the 9th, 1923, Hitler and his followers tried to overthrow the Weimar Republic with their beer keller putsch. And while that failed, we all know what happened to Hitler next. Two years later, also November the 9th, he found the elite SS force. The German hits keep, keep on coming. November the 9th, 1938 was known as Kristallnacht, Night of Broken Glass, when the Nazis unleashed hell on Jews across the country. It was one of the most notorious dates in German history, and it is also the day the Berlin Wall fell in 1989. The fall of the Berlin Wall is the kind of thing you could make a national ho holiday out of in Germany, but it'd be tough with all the horrible things that have also happened on November the 9th, unquote. Couldn't you just pick any day in the calendar and in history and find a series of events that occurred in the day over the years and find connections between them? Probably yes, but that would need some research. But the next coincidences we're going to talk about occurred during World War II, starting with Tamerlane's curse. If it is an actual curse, it may not be a coincidence. But who was Tamerlane and what was the curse? The documentary tube website explains who the Mongol conqueror Tamerlane or Timur was. Quote, Timur, or commonly known as Tamerlane, was one of the best military tacticians during the 14th century in Asia. He was also responsible for the death of around 17 million people. He lived for 68 years, building the biggest dynasty after Genghis Khan. His tomb represents an important piece of the, of the history and culture of the Persian Mongolian architecture. The article continues with the following two inscriptions in his mausoleum in Uzbekistan. The first inscription is written on a tombstone and says, When I rise from the dead, the world shall tremble. The second one is located inside the tomb and says, Whosoever disturbs my tomb will unleash an invader more terrible than I. Unquote. So what happened? The documentary tube website provides the explanation. Quote, Stalin ordered anthropologist and historian Mikhail Gerashimov to open the Timar's tomb in 1941. At the time, Gerashimov was known and, and popular was a known and popular anthropologist, famous for reconstructing a face from a skull. His job was to do that with Timar's skull, and Mikhail succeeded. Soviets opened the tomb on June the 20th, 1941. Two days after the Soviets opened the tomb, Hitler and the Nazis invaded Russia. The invasion came without formal declaration of war. The operation was known as Operation Barbarossa. It's worth noting that three elder men warned Gerashimov and the Soviets that the tomb is cursed and something might happen. The men told the Soviets that the curse takes effect after three days. The Soviet Union suffered numerous defeats at the hands of Hitler, and even though the Nazi were far, Nazis were far from conquering Russia, they made progress." Unquote. At this point, it would seem to be a good idea to close up the tomb. Eventually, that is what happened. Here is more from the same article. Quote, then after a few months, Stalin started believing in the curse and ordered that the remains of Timur be returned to the tomb. Stalin ordered that the process is done with full Islamic burial rites. The Soviets returned the remains to the tomb in December 1942. 
Nearly a month later, the Nazis surrendered and Stalin won the Battle of Stalingrad. The battle remains as one of the bloodiest in the history of mankind, not just World War II, unquote. With only the bare facts, there would have been have to be two coincidences for it not to be a curse. Yes, the next coincidence is the deadly double. It centered around the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor on December the 7th, 1941. I'm going to quote from, uh, I'll give the quote at the end. I'll give the source at the end. On November the 27th of 1941, a strange advertisement appeared in the New Yorker magazine. It pictured a group of people sheltered from an air raid playing dice. Under the headline, Achung Warning Alert, the copy read, We hope you never have to spend a long winter's night in an air raid shelter, but we were just thinking. It's only common sense to be prepared, and if, you do, if you're not too busy between now and Christmas, why not sit down and plan a list of things you'll want to have on hand? And though it's no, no, and though it's no time really to be thinking of what's fashionable, we bet that most of your friends will remember to include those intriguing dice and chips which make Chicago's favorite game, the Daily Double. Scattered throughout the issue were six smaller tag ads referring back to the main copy with the dice numbered 12 and 7, numbers on the known known dice. Later during the war, Navy transport pilot Joseph Bell was flying a South Pacific route when one of his passengers, an intelligence officer, told him that many in, in, in intelligence considered this ad a secret warning. He had been assigned to investigate the matter, but every lead had led to a dead end. The ad's copy had been presented in person at the magazine's offices, and the fee paid with cash, unquote. 12-7, of course, could be stated as December the 7th, but dice are normally numbered 1 to 6, of course. That was from the article from the website time.com. But what is the next World War II coincidence? It concerns Sutomo Yamaguchi, who survived both the atomic bomb attacks on Hiroshima, sorry, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The History Channel website outlines his story as follows. He was working away for his wife and child in Hiroshima, designing an oil tanker. It was his last scheduled day of work in the, at the shipyard. Quote, around 8.15 that morning, Yamaguchi was walking to Mitsubishi's shipyard a final time when he heard the drone of an aircraft overhead. Looking skyward, he saw an American B-29 bomber soar over the city and drop a small object connected to a parachute. Suddenly, the sky erupted in a blaze of light, which Yamaguchi later described as resembling lighting of a huge magnesium flare. He had just enough time to dive into a ditch before an ear-splitting boom rang out. The shock wave that accompanied it sucked Yamaguchi from the ground, spun him in the air like a tornado, and sent him hurtling into a nearby potato patch. He had been less than two miles from ground zero, unquote. So why did he then travel to Nagasaki? Because Nagasaki was his hometown. He struggled to a railroad station. He eventually reached Nagasaki on an overnight train. Train still running from Hiroshima seems hard to believe. The History Channel website continues as follows. Quote, Yamaguchi arrived in Nagasaki early in the morning on August the 8th and limped to the hospital. The doctor who treated him was a former school classmate, but the blackened burns on Yamaguchi's hands and face were so severe that the man didn't recognize him at first. Neither did his family. When he returned home afterwards, feverish and swaddled in bandages, 
his mother accused him of being a ghost. On reporting to work at the Mishibushi Nagasaki office around 11 a.m., the second atomic bomb exploding, exploded. The article continues, quote, I thought the mushroom cloud had followed me from Hiroshima, he later told the newspaper The Independent, unquote. What happened to Tsutomu Yamaguchi's wife and child? Yamaguchi reportedly found him alive after they took refuge, refuge in a railroad tunnel. What happened to Yamaguchi? He survived the war despite all the burns and radiation. In 2006, he appeared before the United Nations to talk about nuclear disarmament. In 2009, he was officially recognized by the Japanese government as the only twice bombed person. In 2010, he died at the age of 93. On that note, it's time for the first question. Does paying attention to those who have committed genocide in the past, such as Hitler or Stalin, take, away, take attention away from the millions who die of hunger every year in the first quarter of the 21st century? That's really a more personal decision on what people want to focus on. So nobody can tell someone that they should or should not be focusing on people who have died from hunger or the large events that have taken place in history. So the ultimate takeaway from any of these events is that people are dying and they died in large numbers. And it needs to be acknowledged how they died, why they died, and how to try to prevent it and help it in the future so the same history does not repeat itself again. But we'll have to continue after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, 
after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureof... Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Godamen.com Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. Before the break, we are going through the questions and the psychic insight about wartime coincidences. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Yes. Is a, is a current estimate of 9 million deaths per year from hunger or hunger-related diseases accurate? It is hard to get a very accurate number since a lot of the people are not accounted for. So, usually the numbers are skewed more towards the lower and com- end compared to the higher end. So 9 million deaths per year may be towards the lower end than the higher end. Correct. Generally, our coincidence is statistically more possible than our intuition leads us to believe. In theory, yes. They are more likely than people would actually realize that they would happen. However, it's not always true that coincidences are something that occur more frequently. So it's very game of chance if they occur or not. Why did Carl Jung become convinced that everything in the universe is intimately connected? Basically, the belief that one thing leads to another that leads to another. So one choice affects another, which affects another. And you can kind of think of it as the domino effect. So it was based on his own life that he saw this domino effect occurring. Is there a collective unconscious of mankind? That's a very complex question, but yes and no. So everyone is interconnected. However, the consciousness vary. You could stay connected to each individual person. So there's this individuality, but also this connected oneness. Are events happening all over the world at the same time that are connected in an, un- in an unknown way? Yes and no. It really depends on specifics. So sometimes they are connected for a greater purpose, yes. But other times it is just a coincidence and nothing is actually related. Can it be stated that synchronicity is to a greater or lesser extent a reality? Yes and no. Again, it depends on what someone defines reality as. So if you are thinking about the more interconnectedness, then that would be more of an individual basis of someone wants to believe it or not believe it. So the simple answer is it really depends on how reality is defined. Why are false coincidences claimed for the lives of Hitler and Napoleon 
when these can be easily checked as being untrue. Basically, people like to make things up, so it gets more attention when something may seem more interesting than it really is. So people like to tell white lies, which turn into bigger lies, and sometimes people don't even realize that these lies can be proven untrue very easily. During World War II in 1941 and 1942, why didn't the German military learn from Napoleon's defeat by Russia in 1812, largely due to overstretched supply lines and adverse climatic conditions? Basically because they believed history would not repeat itself. So they believed now that there were different people, different leaders, etc., that the same issue would not happen again. So this is where their ego was really at play. With incredible numbers, why are the six to nine million civilian deaths for which Stalin was responsible uh, for not nearly as well known to the public as the 11 to 12 million civilian deaths attributed to Hitler? Basically because of the extremes that Hitler went to. So since Hitler was more in the public eye with the concentration camps, with the horrible conditions, etc., it was more well known for the extremes he went to. Well, with Stalin, it was basically the information about the deaths is not as well known. So because it was not extremes like building concentration camps, people focus on the harsher of the two, you could say. And it is also very hard for a lot of people to comprehend the number of deaths that there have been and that these leaders could be responsible for these. How could Hitler, Stalin or any human being live with themselves with millions of deaths on their conscience? Conscience. That's a very complex question, but the simple answer is that some people don't feel the empathy, remorse, guilt, like others do. So there's basically a range of emotions that people feel, and some people will kind of just put their emotions in little boxes where they don't feel them. So instead of looking at it as, as they killed people and they are responsible for these deaths, they either, one, feel like these deaths are not their responsibility, or to just focus on other things like the successes they think they had. Even though reliably reported were Joseph Tito, Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Leon Trotsky and Sigmund Freud, all patrons of the Cafe Central in Vienna in 1913. Yes. If Sigmund Freud had met either Hitler or Stalin in the Cafe Central, would he have recognized any negative psychological condition in them? Again, that's a very complex question, since psychologists in general are basically taught not to diagnose the people around them. However, when Sigmund Freud was alive, it was a different time, so he was aware of the conditions others had. However, it wouldn't be something for him to go up and diagnose them. Instead, he would have probably written about it or told other people about it, so he would have done it in a more non-confrontational way. Who out of Joseph Tito, Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Leon Trotsky and Sigmund Freud actually met up in the Café Central in Vienna in 1913? Basically, they all met in a way. So they all either saw each other or glanced at each other. However, a few of them did exchange a few words, but nothing major. Was it a coincidence or synchronicity that World War II leaders Tito, Stalin and Hitler were all patrons of the Café Central in Vienna in 1913. You could call it a coincidence, but you could also call it a crossing of paths before the future event occurred. So it's kind of just something that happened in a way, but it was also something on the timeline where they could have spoken about what was to come. However, the event still would have, have unfolded.
1913, did Leon Trotsky have any idea that Joseph Stalin was to eventually become leader of the Soviet Union and a man to be feared? Not exactly, no. So nobody could have really known it. They can pick up on things like he wanted to go to power. He was trying to be successful in his eyes, but nobody could have predicted what was to come. Changing subject to the domino effect that initiated World War One, why did Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria's limousine have the license plate AIII-118, which could be interpreted as A for Armistice, 11-11-18? That was just a coincidence. So it's a very unique coincidence, but it was just something that unfolded. Why did Archduke, Archduke Ferdinand make, it, make the impulsive decision to drive to the hospital to visit those injured by the bomb explosion earlier in the day? Just had a feeling that it was his choice. So that was just a choice that was made. After the bomb explosion, why didn't Archduke Ferdinand, for his safety and that of his wife, immediately end the visit to Sarajevo? He didn't want to show fear, so he didn't want to be afraid of what was going to happen to him. And he still wanted to do what he thought was right in his mind. Was it a coincidence or synchronicity that chauffeur Leopold Leuke took a wrong turn, became confused, and pulled to a halt just six feet from the assassin Gavrilo Princip was standing? That was just the unfolding of events. So that's how the timeline was supposed to happen. How did Gavrilo... Princip shoot with two bullets, the Archduke and his wife, fatally wounding them without aiming his gun. Luck, unfortunately. Was it on their life paths that they were both going to die on the 28th of June, 1914? That could be said, yes. Was it a coincidence that their deaths were on the 28th of June, 1914, with the World War I starting on the 28th of July? Yes, that was just a coincidence for the numbers. Why did the order for the chauffeur and the other drivers in the motorcade to take a different, less dangerous route to the hospital never get passed on to them? The information got lost. So basically, people were not doing their jobs properly. Changing subject to the British, was it a coincidence, synchronicity, or just plain irony that World War ended for them exactly where it had started in Mons, Belgium? You could think of that more of a synchronicity. So something that was more in the plans, you could say. Was it a coincidence or synchronicity that the graves of the first and last British soldiers to be killed in the First World War are situated opposite each other in the St. Symphorium Military Cemetery? That was more planned out, so that had more of a significance for the people. So that was something that was thought about before it occurred. Was it thought out by the people running the cemetery? Yes. So it was done on purpose? Correct. Changing subject to November the 9th, were the following events coincidences or synchronicity? The execution of Robert Blum on November the 9th, 1848, the beer killer putsch on November the 9th, 1923, the founding of the SS on November the 9th, 1925, the Crystal Knight or Night of Broken Glass on November the 9th, 1938, the fall of the Berlin Wall on November the 9th, 1998. So are you asking if they, as a whole, do they go together in some way? Yes. 
So the problem with these is that it's a mix of both. So most of them are basically, you could say, planned as synchronicity so that they would occur at the same time so that they would lead to thinking of the other events. Well, there is a coincidence, but for the most part, that date and time were chosen for a reason. So overall, you could think of them as having to be that way for a specific reason. So taking away the first one, the execution of Robert Blum, and the last one, the fall of the Berlin Wall, were the other three directly associated with the Nazis' synchronicity? Yes, they were. And the following one, the Berlin Wall, was also included. It's the first one that's more of a coincidence. But we'll have to continue with the questions and the psychic insight after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina March on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.net. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. 
SIMULTV.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SIMULTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SIMULTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the psychic insight and the questions about wartime coincidences. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Are there many other days in the year with apparent coincidences happening on that particular date? Yes, and there's also sometimes a meaning behind those certain actions happening on those days. So it goes back to the math of the numbers and how the calendar all kinds of falls into place. And that some days are to be remembered more. So more things happen on these days. So that again, you could say history does repeat itself. So are synchronicity or numerology involved in events that occur on a particular date in the calendar? Yes. Changing subject to the Soviet Union, did Mongol conqueror Tamerlane or Timur actually state or write down the following? When I rise from the dead, the world shall tremble, as inscribed on his tombstone, and whosoever disturbs my tomb will unleash an invader more terrible than I as written in a, a location within his tomb. Yes. Did Stalin order Mikhail Gerashimov to open Timur's tomb in 1941? Yes. Is Mikhail Gerashimov's reconstruction of the face from Timur's skull an accurate rendition of the real face? It can be updated with more technology in the future, but for now it's pretty accurate. Was the curse's three-day timeline and the Nazis invading Russia two days after the tomb was opened just a coincidence? That was just kind of what happened. So not really a synchronicity, more of just a coincidence. Why did it take a few months for Stalin to start believing in the apparent curse and order the remains of Timur to be returned to the tomb? Since more and more events continued to happen, and he realized that there was a strange coincidence with the opening of the tomb. So he wanted to rationalize in a way why all these bad things are happening. Was it a coincidence or synchronicity that the Nazis were defeated at Stalingrad by the Soviets after Timur's remains returned to the tomb? That was more of a bigger picture. So there is a connection to the remains being returned, not just for the aspect of the curse, but also for the, you can say, psychological way of what everyone was going through. So, so many people believe that if the remains were returned, things would start going well. So in a way, they created their own path with the belief system they had. Changing subject to the deadly double, why were the dice number 12 and 7 in the November 22nd, 1941, New Yorker magazine advertisement. Basically, just because they were placed there. Not really a reason that we have talked about. Was it pure coincidence or synchronicity that a Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor occurred days later on December the 7th or 12 7? 
Not exactly a coincidence, but more that the dice were placed there for a reason. As a warning, you could say. So someone knew something was going to happen. Is it true that many in the United States military intelligence considered the advertisement a secret warning? Yes, and it was given by someone who wasn't supposed to say anything, but was a warning some people to get out, and to get out as soon as they could. Why did the military intelligence investigation lead to a dead end? Because the people were sneaky, so they knew how to cover their trails. Why had the advertisement's copy been presented in person at the magazine's offices with a fee paid in cash? To not leave a trace, so basically to make sure that it couldn't be traced back to the person who put it there. Changing subject to the two atomic bombs, on his way to his last day of work at the Mitsubishi shipyards in Hiroshima, did suit Tomo Yamaguchi survived the atomic blast. Luck, so it was in his time. Following his overnight journey, why did Tsutomo Yamaguchi work at the Mitsubishi Nagasaki office? Because someone was impersonating him. Can you say any more about that? It wasn't actually him who checked in for work, and that is part of the reason he survived. So how far was Tsutomo Yamaguchi from the blast in Nagasaki? He was nowhere near. So did Tsutomo Yamaguchi return to Nagasaki after the bomb blast in Hiroshima? Yes, but again, he was far away from it, so it wasn't exactly how things were portrayed. So was it done after the war to put together a good story of a survivor? Yes, that could be said, and also to make it seem like the bombs were not as bad as they actually were, since they had this miracle survivor. So were... Sumitomi Yamaguchi's wife and child in danger? Not exactly, no. So were there actually any trains running between Hiroshima and Nagasaki after the atomic bomb explosion in Hiroshima? There were, but not many were actually carrying people. It was more of a the trains are running type of thing, but there weren't many passengers. After surviving a bomb blast in Hiroshima, did Sumitomo Yamaguchi travel overnight by train to Nagasaki? He traveled by train, but from a different part, so he did travel by train. Did he know that another bomb was going to be dropped and to get away from central Nagasaki? Yes and no. Again, he was kind of kept in the dark about what was going on, so it was more of a behind-the-scenes deal, you could say. So is that the reason his mother thought he was a ghost and his doctor and former classmate didn't recognize him? Yes. Were there any people at all that survived in the proximity of both atomic bomb blasts? No, there were not. How could Tsutomo Yamaguchi appear at the United Nations claiming he had survived both atomic bombs? You could call it an actor, so the real person with identity was fine. It was more of a show put on, so you can think of it as a theatrical performance. So Tsutomo Yamaguchi didn't live to the age of 93? Not that person, no. So it's a very complex sense you can think of it as almost changing identities. So the real person still existed. However, they basically took the identity, went with the story, and had different people fill in. So it was more of an elaborate scheme. What can we learn from the story of Sumitomo Yamaguchi and what was done to provide a fictional tale? Basically that everything that the people hear is not exactly what it actually is. So in today's technology, it's a lot harder to steal someone's identity to pretend to be that person. 
but in old times there are a lot of people who basically stole each other's identities, pretended to be someone else when they were not, especially when wartime was involved. So there are many different times where stories come forward that aren't either one true or two that they are extravagated. So these always need to be checked into. And sometimes the truth won't always come forward. So just be careful of what you want to believe and what you don't want to believe. What can we learn from coincidences or synchronicity in wartime? Basically that some are happening just because they are coincidences. So they occur because there's just something that happens that seem related, but may not always be related. But there are also weird synchronicities, especially with dates, where these dates are chosen for a reason or something occurs on these dates for a reason. So events can be connected in some ways. But other ways, there's also where the mind plays trick on people, tricks on people, where they might think something is related, but it actually is just what it is. That was the last answer. Are some stories of survival in wartime that involve coincidences too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, that was interesting. We had coincidences, we had apparent synchronicity, and we had downright lies, and we had perhaps a conspiracy. Well, I think my takeaway from this is that there's a lot about history that we don't actually know and that hasn't been recorded and a lot of unanswered questions. Yes, and uh, there's an old saying about uh, war and uh, the first victim of a war is the truth and the second victim or victims are the people that tell the truth. But anyway, um, the license plate on the uh, Archduke's limousine, that was something, that was one heck of a coincidence. And what surprised me was it took, uh, I don't know, something like almost a century for um, somebody to actually recognize it. I think the most shocking thing to me was that the statistic about how many people in a room can have a possibility of 50% having the same birth date. So that it's 50% if there's 23 people. And that just kind of shows that things are kind of more likely to happen than actually seem possible sometimes. So the probability of something happening on the same date seems to be actually pretty likely. Yes, I thought about that, and I thought it had to be great at that, and I realised that the people in the room could be uh, born in different years, and it seemed to make a bit more sense, but I wasn't going to do the numbers. The other, the other, <laughs> the other coincidence was, um, like a bad movie, was in the Café Central in, uh, in 1913. There's Hitler, Stalin, uh, Tito, Trotsky, and Sigmund Freud all there at the same time, nodding and uh, sipping their coffee, I guess. Well, it makes me wonder, is anyone else that was at that cafe, maybe even the waitresses, the workers there, if they ever thought back and thought about all these people visiting the cafe and then they'll see them, you know, in the newspapers or hear about them and basically think about how they serve them coffee. That's just a very, as you said, movie-like experience right there. Yeah, the interesting thing was the sources. They were so reliable. I mean, at first, first blush, I looked at it, I thought, that's nonsense, but... Uh... They were all legit. I think the BBC was a major source there, so uh, uh, I, I went with it. Well, for the listeners, if anyone really likes history, if you like topics like this, we would love to hear from you. If you have some different history topics you'd like us to cover or anything in general. But as always, thank you so much to the listeners, and we look forward to next week's show.
They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.